Light beer, dark money. Agree on something. Politics, culture, and the intersection of faith, freedom, and free enterprise. And now, here are your hosts, Light Beer, Chris Clements, and Dark Money, Sean Noble. Welcome back to Light Beer, Dark Money. I'm Sean Noble. And I am Chris Clements. And as, as you can tell, my voice is rather deep today. Yeah, it sounded like, like Walter Cronkite. Got like this chest thing going on. I don't know what's going on. Maybe you should keep it. You know, um, it sounds kind of interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> no, it's not it's COVID. It's radio voice. But it's something, and it's gone through our house last week, so well, a little bit, little bit different tone. Did your wife have <laughs> his deep voice right now? No. She, <laughs> when I left the house this morning, she was like, I feel horrible. I'm like, oh, here we go. Well, you know, it's uh, in the post-COVID world, everyone's getting everything else. Yeah. I guess yeah. the flu is making a comeback. Yeah, well, flu and bugs of all sorts. When I, you know, we have kids in school, all those things that have that typically are there that were gone because they weren't in school or because COVID was overwhelming everything. It's Which is all the more reason to keep people wearing masks on airplanes. Yes, for oh another gosh, fifteen I'm days. So frustrated because I was. We have a trip next week, and yeah, I was so like. Weird. We have a chance to. Yeah, I thought this weekend was it. Yeah, and no, no, thank you, Doctor Faustus. Yes, and, the and CDC. you know it, the but problem is that there's a two weeks. A, yeah. Well, here we go again. Even Joe Scarborough, not who is a an conservative intellectual, anymore. mighty person, right? Yeah. Even he tweeted yesterday about how frustrated he was that they had extended the mask mandate. Well, it's especially when you have every single airline CEO. I mean, every lo- single one of them. Uh, pretty much every one of them. Every had, one of them. Yeah, has, and has the trade associations, the and- trade associations. Everyone has written to the government that this is not needed. In fact, you're safer on our airplane than you are just in a in a bank building for anywhere sex or anywhere on the planet. Anywhere, because they have the best filters. Well, the interesting thing about that is. When I even the last couple of weeks when I've been on some airplanes, either going to Dallas or going over to California, it you know the the flight attendants are not making a big deal. Yeah, it's it, they know they, it's they, they uh they they announce the regulation, they ask for your cooperation, and then they say and have a nice flight, and then they, <laughs> there's people doing all sorts of stuff, and they they're they're not getting into it. Well, anymore. and the the thing that I've appreciated about how flight attendants. Um, have dealt with this since almost the beginning is when Reagan, you know, for most of COVID, she was that we, we were traveling. She was two and to try to keep a mask on a two year old oh, on yeah. a plane for any ex- amount of time, we could keep it on her to get on the plane, but we couldn't keep it on her once she was on the plane. Oh, no. And the flight attendants literally were great. They never gave us a hard time. Because you, they know that, that and yet, she you was hear some no horror threat. stories of flight attendants losing their noodle, which I don't understand. I mean, they must know. Uh, I, we you, have, or other people seen, losing their noodle about your two-year-old yeah. within, within a flight. Yeah. Thankfully, you I've never had that, some Karen, that problem. You know? Right. Make that two-year-old keep their mask on. Yeah, because that two-year-old is certainly a threat. Yeah. Not. Um, 
So what else yeah, is going so, on in the world? Well, the uh, the big news breaking overnight was that uh, Elon Musk. We know that you know he bought a big stake in Twitter, three three billion bucks. Yeah. Nine percent. Nine percent. And now he's made an offer to buy Twitter outright. Forty three billion. Forty three billion dollars. That's at fifty four bucks a share. What do you think Jack Dorsey is thinking? Uh, I think he's thinking, mm. let me cash in, baby. Or Vanguard or BlackRock. Any of those guys. I mean, this is a fifty four dollar a share price is pretty dang good. Yeah. Um, and the what I saw, my wife texted me she's out of town so she texted me this morning uh she picked up some intel that this is an effort that he might take twitter private take it out of the public's traded publicly traded company yeah, yeah which I, is I saw something about that this morning which as well would be which i would suspect he'd want to do because he hates the sec and if he takes the company private he can give him the finger yeah and he should They've been well. He kind of gave them the finger anyway in terms of how he disclosed his. He did when he finally disclosed the shares that he, he did, bought. He disclosed late and he filed the wrong form, <laughs> and I, I'm assuming that that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, a, the richest man in the on the planet, which is get, amazing when you think about that. Yeah, guy's worth more than like, two hundred like, billion. I mean, two three years ago we. We were saying it was a race between you know Warren Buffett and uh, we had Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and, and Bill Gates, Jeff and, Bezos, and Jeff Bezos, and now here comes Elon Musk and Zuckerberg, who was politically in there for a while. seems to be much more. People try to pigeonhole him as maybe a, a conservative. I think he's just more libertarian, you know, in, in the in the purest sense. Yeah, he's, what do you think? Well, I mean, he's not a he's not a true conservative. That's for sure. No. Um, He's libertarian in some things, um, but this is a guy who is a so much a believer in green energy mm-hmm. that that's where he's made all his money. Now, I criticized him years ago for the amount of government subsidies his companies were taking. His company didn't make any money for for years, years. and it was taking uh, government handouts. Right. Um, so, so he's. He's a business guy, um, and he may have some conservative-leaning ideologies. I think he just doesn't like authoritarian control. Um, so that's a good thing. But it'll be interesting to see what, if this actually comes to pass, and I, Ben Shapiro retweeted, a, there was an employee of, of Twitter that said, if Elon Musk comes in. I'm going to have to rethink my my status as an employee of this company. And Ben Shapiro says, this will be the greatest purging of leftists from Twitter. <laughs> Just voluntary. <laughs> yeah. And good for, good for all of us, if that's the case. Because they have been... Um, they've not treated information the way that you would in a open and free society. Well, one of the leading uh, uh, pieces on, on the daily wire today is Elon Musk can go F off reaction explodes online over Musk bid to outright buy Twitter. Take it private. Yeah. Uh, uh, people you on know, the left are like, Oh my gosh, this is so horrible. We, we might actually have to let back on Donald Trump and Tucker Carlson and Alex Berenson, Alex Berenson and everybody else who, 
who were tossed off by talking truth. Yeah. Well, Trump maybe not. I mean, but, Trump, you can go you can go any direction but on that. But Berenson and others, I mean, the things that they got kicked off Twitter for are absolute 100% true fact. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But back then it was misinformation. It was misinformation. Yeah. We talked about that on our last podcast. It's just unbelievable. Um, yeah. Max so, Boot. I am frightened oh, by the impact on society and politics of Elon Musk acquires Twitter. This is the same Max Boot that tweeted Goodness that gracious. the Biden Hunter laptop story was a Russian misinformation ploy and not real. I mean, just well, wasn't that's it? fact. What? It was Russia, Russia, Russia for years. Russia, Russia, Russia. Yeah. He says, we need more content moderation, not less. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, I'm, we've, we've talked about this a little bit. I'm, I am a free speech absolutist. I just think that if, I mean, if you have a platform like this, yes, it's private. Yes, it's a, it's a public company, but it's a privately owned business, whatever you want to call it. But it's in the public square. And therefore, well, so that then raises a question is if he takes if if Elon takes it private, that undermines even more the argument that it's a quote unquote utility or something that needs to be regulated. Yeah. You know, because it's ultimately, well, I disagree with what Twitter did. They had every right to do it because they're not the government. The First Amendment is about government control, not private companies sure so it'll be interesting so, to so see. you know what you're getting into when you go on there yeah you know but it's it's you know it's a it's a almost an offer that they can't refuse though some some respects i got i mean i'm sure they will refuse it well but. i don't know will they i mean it if you look at the big institutional investors the the risk for twitter in the long run is it becomes so toxic that you know, because the value has gone down. Sure, it only went up after Elon disclosed that he had bought share, a huge amount of stake, and that, and then they offered him a board seat, and Twitter's price went up again, and now he's talking about buying it. So the price yeah, is up. in early 2021. The Twitter price was was approaching eighty dollars a share, and then steadily has declined until just last week it was under forty dollars a share. Now it's up to like. You know, fifty dollars a share. Yeah, he offered it fifty-four. Yeah, that, I, I mean, if I'm an institutional investor, I'm saying, yeah, cash out, baby. Let's do this thing. Go put yeah. the money somewhere else. Um, so, well, I mean, other than Elon Musk, you've you've got really only three other large investors. One being Jack, the founder. Well, he's only two. He's eighteen million or whatever. And then you've got institutional investors like Vanguard and BlackRock. Which, ironically enough, they seem to be institutionally controlling of Disney and a bunch of other companies. Well, those seem to be going I mean, those those are more huge woke. funds. They've got tons and tons of cash. But um, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out for sure. Um, and I'm waiting to see when do they do the the miniseries on Jack Dorsey and Twitter. They did Showtime did Uber. Mm-hmm. Apple TV has got WeWork. Um, and maybe it's because Jack Dorsey's not quite as flamboyant as Adam Newman from WeWork or Travis Kalanick from Uber. 
because they just make very interesting stories because they were so crazy. Yeah. I mean, visionaries, but crazy. Jack is rather dry. Yeah. When you've seen his testimony, you know, in front of Congress, it's, most of the time he's high. And so he doesn't <laughs> quite even understand what he's saying. And then, and then, you know, his, sometimes his answers are just not, they're not inspiring either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we uh, yeah we kicked the New York Post off of uh, Twitter. Yeah, that was a mistake. Sorry. Sorry. And then that's <laughs> over over the whole Hunter Biden laptop story that that we believed was Russian misinformation, but yeah. then found out that turns it was out not. it was actually a turns real out laptop. That all of it is true, and it was not. It was not the first laptop that he had lost or misplaced. Oh my gosh, Hunter Biden! I mean, if that was any one of the Trump kids, oh. It would just be, it would be front page, NBC, nightly news, every night, pounding day away, after day after day Donald after Trump day. Jr. or Eric Trump or whomever else. Yeah. I mean, it would just be constant. And then what's overwhelmingly apparent is that this, this guy was the president, vice president at that time, bag man, yeah. collecting cash, funneling cash to the vice president, paying for bills. Paying for for bills at their their home in in, in Delaware, and he he was the funnel. The, it's unbelievable to me. No well, experience in in terms of his board seat on Burisma, and then and then you know his his investments in in uh, the Chinese firm. Well, this will obviously a payoff. Here's here's my prediction. And Twitter's been at the you know at the center of all that and has has squashed most of it. Right. Here's my prediction. That's why I bring it up. This will be. The Hunter Biden laptop problem and and the ex exposure of all the things that Hunter Biden's been involved in is going to be serious enough that Biden will not seek reelection. Well, let me ask you this. That's my point. Is it, is it apparent to you that the Democratic machine is turning on Joe Biden? No question. And have you ever seen anything like this? Um, I mean, it was reported earlier today that even Don Lemon of you know CNN, his 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 lead thing last night was about Joe Biden, his poll numbers, Hunter Biden. All of a sudden, everyone has decided to talk about this stuff, and and for the past year and a half, they've refused because they wanted to get Joe Biden elected. But now that we're almost in a war, now that the economy is, you know, tiltering on on recession, or all the all these things are are are, are coming to light, which everyone knew to be true, but now it's overwhelming. You know, it seems like the machine is turning. Well, they are in a complete panic. Um, November, barring Republicans completely screwing it up, which they are very capable of doing. Absolutely. Um, Mitch this, McConnell said that this week, and I totally agree totally with him. We, we, watched, we have the ability to really screw this up by, by nominating bad candidates. Yeah, they've, they've snatched defeat from the jaws of victory a number of times. Um, the but the, have you seen something like this? I, mean, I, I can't. I can't remember anything like this. And you know, I mean, you know, Obama had his his issues, but. But very popular, very charismatic, you know, very likable Democrats, and even some Republicans, you know, generally, you might not have agreed with his I, policies, but they supported him as a president. I think that the, the closest I can Bill come, Clinton, even with all his problems, 
it was not like this. No, the, I mean, it, it's interesting because when Bill Clinton was going through impeachment, um, while, you know, the challenges of what he had in his past did lead to impeachment, there were Democrats that voted for impeachment. Yeah. Um, there was there was no appetite for conviction in the Senate, and his numbers went up. Yeah. The republic, the the public, were but this is kind of shrugged you, it you've off. You've got a new, some new polling that's come out even this week that's showing Hispanics at fifty six percent disapproval. Yeah, you've got independents at like his approval rate is like third, well twenty six percent, yeah. So one in four basically. Um, that's that that's numbers that we've never seen in. in I don't think we've seen in the modern presidency. And that's scary because that emboldens our enemies. It's not something that I, I'm sitting here saying, oh, yay, that, that's an opportunity for Republicans or conservatives. I'm looking at those numbers and saying, oh, no, this because it doesn't help us on the world stage. No in, question. In, in terms of what we're having to deal with. Well, and, and you know, I mean, it will. It, what happens with Ukraine and how Western democracies respond going forward will be important but i think that you know while the u.s has been leading to some degree i mean the the other nato countries have taken more definitive steps in defending ukraine than we have and you know it's i think there's a real there's a real mix in the administration i mean every time the administration you know, Biden says something and the administration tries to walk it back and Biden says something else. And, you know, to, well, that was the entire European trip. Yeah. Every single speech. There they had to walk new. something back. And but and, I mean, it's not just what's going on in Europe, but it's, it's what's about to happen at the border. You know, most Hispanics are not in favor of that at all. Right. You know, border communities are being overrun. We're a border state. We're about to be overrun. Um Governors are taking it into their own hands, trying to challenge the Biden administration on everything that they can, get them to act. You know, you have some people uh, advocating for more laws or a grand compromise. And my point back to them is, no, we just need to enforce the laws that are on the books when it comes to the border. And, and, and the weird thing about this is that he was all this didn't have to come to pass. No, you know, Joe Biden could have come into office, made some tweaks because he didn't like Donald Trump and and defeated Donald Trump, but could have done a whole lot of nothing. And and he would be in better shape. Well, the right status now. quo would have been better for sure. Uh, I think he would he was trying to appease the left, the hard left of his uh, base. Um, and that's going to that will result in Republicans taking the House and probably taking the Senate and then his. Last two years are going to be basically meaningless, and the scandals. We, I, I, I'm telling you, when you have Republicans in the House, re- forget the Senate, but Republicans in the House are going to be investigating this administration. The Hunter Biden thing is going to get dug into, and this is going to be just the the drip, 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 um, and it will it will end the Biden presidency. I'm not saying he's going to be impeached and removed from office. I'm saying that he's going to be incapable of mounting a reelection campaign. Um, 
Well, with, with Even, inflation at 8.2%. Yeah, I mean, it... it you it, know, it, just that number came up across the other day, and it's the 70s show all over again. Yeah. Um, so it's just, it's it's more of the drip, drip, drip of just incompetency and, and more bad news from a policy standpoint. Right. Forget about the personal stuff. The policy standpoint has been just an abject failure. Yeah. This is, this is worse than Jimmy Carter. I never, ever thought I would see that. <laughs> and I never thought I would hear somebody say that. You know, in, in modern times, I mean, I mean, Jimmy Carter, that was that was pretty bad. We lived through that as as young people. We saw what we what we had to live through. And this is much, much worse. Yeah. So we'll wait and see everything that is new. <laughs> old yeah, is old new is again. New again. Um, the, the real I mean, at the, you know, so the question for the Democrats is going to be, you know, What's their posture after they lose the House and probably the Senate? And what do they do? Because are they going to are they are they going to have Kamala be their nominee? Are they going to have Buttigieg? Her, her poll it? numbers are worse than the president. Yeah, it's, or maybe they're on par now. They haven't checked. They're in a bit of a bind. Um, and as again, the only way that they get out of this is be, if Republicans screw it up, which. Again, we are capable of doing nominating Donald Trump in 2024 would be a good example of not handling it the best way possible. I mean, well, we, well we what's interesting about on. that is that, you know, he, he Donald Trump came out the other day, you know, endorsing the uh, the candidacy in Pennsylvania of Dr. Oz. Right. And almost unanimously, at least on the conservative sites that I look at, he was he was trashed. Like Dr. Oz is not one of us. He's that is a bad choice. Who is advising you, Mr. Trump? But Trump and isn't one of us. No, that is true. Trump isn't one. I mean, people no. forget that this guy is not a conservative. Yeah, he's, he's a, a he is. There's a whatever. There's a difference between popular. yeah being a conservative no and being a populist. There's no core conviction yeah. in Donald Trump's philosophy. None. And, and in that respect, he's no different than Joe Biden. No guiding principles. Right. It's That's whichever exactly way right. the wind blows. Right. So you're, you know, you're a party to whatever, whoever's in your ear last. Yeah. You know, for Joe Biden, it's Bernie Sanders or AOC. Right. Sandy Cortez. So it would for be Donald nice. Trump, it's, it would be nice knows? if Republicans had somebody in 2024 that had some guiding principles. Whatever they are, just had some guiding principles. They weren't just flailing in the wind but Having, maybe that's asking too much because you owe it to your philosophy to learn how to win yeah exactly yeah but you have to have a philosophy <laughs> that's that's kind of important the state of american politics is uh is a sad state of affairs yeah it is it's that the country is suffering for from it because the last two presidents now trump and biden had no core philosophy uh in trump's case at least we had people around him that had a core philosophy. So there was good policies at least. Well, you had the, you had four people who finally came around him that, that were in the right space to enact core principled policies. The, the first being Mike Pence, mm -hmm. which I've, I've said on this podcast before. Right. Mike Pence not only saved the Republic, he probably got more done than any other vice president in, in modern history in terms of the legislative uh, successes and the judgeships, you know, and that 
That's which, probably which people something, don't give enough credit for. No, but it's, and it's, it's, it's probably really something true. historic. I mean, historically, uh, Mike Pence is the most consequential vice president we've ever had. Yeah. That, that's a huge I, I, statement, but I think you're tr- I think you're absolutely correct. Well, it, because there's no way that Trump on his own would Ooh. have been able to accomplish from a policy perspective the things that were accomplished, the tax cut, the pullback of regulations, the nomination of good conservative judges who adhered to the Constitution. I mean, that came from the vice president's yeah, office. It did. It did. And, uh, it, yeah, it was his office that was vetting the judgeships. It was his office working with Congress to get those tax cuts and, and less regulation put through. Um, the, the Trump presidency will go down as most, one of the most deregulatory presidencies in modern history, mm-hmm. uh, which was a good thing. Yeah. And, and, I mean, the, the economy. And the judgeships, the, the, the economy that speaks for itself. Cruising. Yeah. Well. You know, and thankfully, Twitter had nothing to do with that. That's right. <laughs> The, well, we'll the see, Twitter uh, dumpster fire we'll, lived we'll, on. We'll have to report back. Or we, I mean, people will know what happens, but it will have a further conversation, um, especially if Elon does, in fact, purchase Twitter and takes it private. Uh, what, are, what are all these people in California going to do, all these lefties going to do with their Teslas now if it takes over Twitter? Oh, that's a great question. You know, because that's like the number one car in California. Are they going to burn them? And blow up their batteries? No. They don't want to pay the gas prices. Yeah. For $7 gas? I don't even know what gas prices are. Well, yes. I do. The beauty of driving a Tesla. <laughs> I do. The beauty of driving a big GMC truck. Yeah. yeah you God bless truck. America. God bless America. But Teslas are made in America, yeah, so are. God bless America. Well... Well, I think what we he's wish doing Elon is, the best. I mean, and not only do I think it's, I think it's great. I think it's funny in some ways. I think some of his tweets over the weekend about what, you know, about Twitter and, and what it really is have been fascinating and fun. And so, I mean, when you have that amount of money and you can kind of poke holes in the armor of a big leftist company like that, I think it's a good thing. Well, and, and we, need I more, think- we need more. Yeah, well, I think what people and it's interesting how people try to pigeonhole him in a way that, uh, like, he's a right winger. He's not. Not a, never not, has been. Not at all. And, but that's that's how they're dealing with this, I guess. Well, and yeah, when when the MSNBC has commentators start calling you a racist, that your that your platform is actually that 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 your car company is actually racist in some ways. Then you know you're winning. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> you know right. there's something behind the madness. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, if he owns a Twitter as a private company, he's not he's not cancelable. No, not at all. <laughs> Maybe that's Even the as answer. their largest shareholder, just, yeah, that'd be hard to do. Right. Well, well, we'll good see luck how to it him. all plays out. Good luck, and Elon. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Thanks, thanks for, for listening. listening. God bless.